0: Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta here in Grand Rapids, at the Acton University for 2023, and with me right now is Brandon Vadiathan. He is associate professor and chair of the Department of Sociology at the Catholic University of America, speaking here on understanding organizational culture. And Brandon, good to see you again. It's been a see while. You too, yeah. yeah. Uh, the organizational culture. Most of us who are, are in a workplace, or in a teaching institution, or even in a family. Um, may not always be conscious that there's a culture there that can shape our thoughts, our behaviors. Tell me a little bit about
1: what you're doing here with organizational culture. Yeah, I mean, this is a very basic organizational culture 101 course. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I used to come to Acton, Acton uh, University many years ago, like from 2007 to, to 2010, And I would keep complaining, you guys talk so much about markets, you never talk about firms. And then this year, they're like, why don't you come and do it? So So essentially, uh, it was a lovely invitation, and and I'm very honored to be here. And so it really is just an overview of what what cultures are, what are are various ways in which we can recognize how cultures operate, different types of culture, how they affect us, how we can change culture.
0: And... um do you focus in on family, on um, businesses, uh, teaching institutions?
1: Yeah, my work has been in three domains, in business, science, and religion. So I've, I've studied corporate professionals and corporate cultures. I've studied academic scientists, so physicists and biologists working mainly in universities, research labs, that sort of thing. And then uh, faith leaders, faith communities, you know, yeah. everything from Catholic priests and bishops to uh, folks who are in, you know, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Hindu uh, congregations. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, lo- looking over a uh, piece that you wrote, at least I'm told you wrote it, <laughs> <laughs> okay. you look at three factors, scripts, models, and habits. Yeah. And that shapes what might be called the hidden curriculum in organizations. That hidden curriculum is what's being taught without anybody necessarily intending to. Yeah. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, any environment you've been in, any organization you've worked with um, has these formal kinds of of ideals and scripts and stories where they tell you, right, this is who we are, this is what we stand for, etc. Uh, but everyone kind of knows that really the way to survive here, the way to, to, to thrive here is by sucking up to this guy and avoiding this other person right. and making sure this person sees and knows what you're doing. And so... Uh, there are many ways in which we, and you know, even our families kind of work like that, right? We, as families, might we might espouse something and say that we want to teach our kids certain values, but they know that we're hypocrites, and they see us failing and falling short, and they and they call us to task on those things yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, tell me about churches. You know, the, because this, this organizational culture can undermine. Yeah, what the stated mission is right. of an institution. Yeah, w- what do you see as some of the most common failings in ecclesial institutions?
1: Yeah, I mean, so one of the one of the big challenges recently I've been working on is the national study of Catholic priests. So it's the largest ever study of the priesthood in more than fifty years, and we wow. did nationally representative surveys with, um, we reached out to ten thousand priests, and you know around thirty six hundred responded, and and so. Uh, We find that priests are are really struggling with uh, trust in in leadership. They really have have relatively low levels of trust in their bishops. And now it varies quite a lot. I mean, the average levels aren't very high, but there's some dioceses that have very high trust, some that have zero trust. And so we have uh, quite a range, and and we're looking at what are the factors that shape that. And and one of the issues is that priests feel... um, that uh you know their bishop is is uh, more of a ceo or a boss rather than a father or yeah. a shepherd yeah. and uh, that's not what they want they want they want a human relationship they don't want to be dealing with a bureaucracy they don't want to be dealing with an hr type of relationship yeah. and um and in some cases uh very large archdioceses you know bishops feel like i am a ceo and i can't be a father to 500 guys right so, right. so it's a tough thing. It's really, I mean, I, you know, I, I emphasize the challenge there, but that is, you know, as human beings, we have expectations in these environments and particularly, you know, in faith-based communities. So so here, what are the values you espouse and, and what are the kinds of images that you're aspiring to? And then what can you actually do and what do you actually do? And when there's a huge disjuncture, when those things are at odds, um, that creates a lot of strain, that creates burnout, that creates resentment, creates cynicism.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess once you identify uh, some of these problems, it's difficult then to remedy them. Mm. I would imagine these problems grow up over a long period of time. This, this situation, what I've heard from priests, and again, not every, not every priest, but I, I, many times I've heard something to this effect. I just don't think my bishop has my back anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Uh, Partially that is because of the uh, Dallas charters and what happened in the aftermath of that. And uh, priests, rightfully or wrongfully, thinking that a friend of theirs was treated poorly, was pulled out of a parish before there was a sufficient hearing of evidences. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think. This is you pointed out. How do you be a father to five hundred? Yeah, and this is something which we ha- we're going to have to come to grips with because we talk about the church in um, family family terms, mm. right? We address one another as brothers and sisters. We talk call our priests father, and and this is the language of the New Testament as well. Mm. So it's it's. You know, we ought to bear one another's burdens, love one another, pray for one another. How do you go about actually doing that? Yeah. How do you form a, an organizational culture that is actually doing what we say? We're yeah. Sort of doing,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things, and leaders have really, uh, you know, outsized role in this, right? So much of this is shaped by 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 leaders, and you know, wh- whatever sector, any, whether you're in a business or whether you're in a faith-based organization, um, leaders can make or break organizations. And and certainly in this kind of case, one of the things that uh, the research shows on on what makes for effective leaders and what makes for effective teams um, is that that leaders uh, who are who are successful. Are able to model vulnerability and humility so so if you want to build trust that's the first criterion. like you really want to communicate to your team to your you know if you're a bishop to your priest that you know I have made mistakes I'm sorry you, you have to be willing to to go out of the way to apologize and, and to be willing to learn and say how can I help how can I change how can I improve mm-hmm. and when you do that sometimes just the gesture of, of being you know open is all you need for 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 people to say you know what i realize you're struggling i realize this tough situation but i'm glad you're listening right so you know a lot of us just yeah. want to be heard and and that's the second criterion then is safety and safety is just that sense of someone's got my back here right someone's here to listen to me um and and communicating safety that, that you know sense of you matter your opinion matters even though i can't do everything that you want i'm here to listen to you i'm going to take it into account and, and I'm not. I'm not. Ju- that's not just lip service. It's not just window dressing, right? So safety is another critical one, uh, and so vulnerability, safety, and purpose would be the third. And these are these are put together by uh, a journalist, Dan Coyle, who studied hundreds of of effective teams from Navy SEALs to businesses to sports teams and so on. Uh, so uh, yeah, the,
0: the, the vol- um, vulnerability, humility, number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So, uh, projecting safety. Yeah. And what
1: was the third? A purpose, purpose. really over communicating. Here's why we're doing what we're doing. Here's what we stand for. Here's who we are. This is why we do what we do. This is why it matters. So, so really, you know, those kinds of things. And then, you know, for in the church, it's you know, it needs to be really clear to priests who've made huge sacrifices to become priests as sure. bishops. Yeah, but just yeah. like, why are we in this, right? I mean, what what is it that we're trying to do together? Yeah, who is calling us? And keeping that at the forefront, and then let that inform. Uh, the structures we have, the policies we have, you know so so if, if if priests start to feel every time I need to go to the bishop, I need to be lawyered up, yeah um, how can that tie into our core purpose of yeah. why are we doing what we 're doing what 's our mission how does how do, how do all those structures and policies connect to that mission yeah
0: yeah i I know of one situation in which uh, the bishop was calling uh, a priest to account, and uh, the priest's response was to get a lawyer mm-hmm. yeah. and it was like um is that that's really where you want to begin this right yeah, yeah, yeah. now there's most history yeah. behind it yeah who knows yeah. Uh, so yeah. i wouldn't mention but then, any names but.
1: yeah i mean one of the challenges is once you've had and you you know mentioned these like you know all you need is to know one guy right so you need to know one priest who had a you know is pulled out of ministry unjustly right. or you know whatever it is and and um That one story circulates, right? It becomes the script that you know. Then, then it starts to create these habits of like, okay, I got to get my defenses up, and as soon as I hear from the chancery office, I've already got my guard up, and you know. um, So it's very hard once those stories have circulated, uh, and and even you know, you may have, you know, fifty cases where forty nine were dealt with justly, and just you just need the one that goes awry, and then everyone's that gets repeated. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is um, this is very frustrating uh to hear now you mentioned habits yeah what's that actually mean in this context
1: yeah i mean so it has to do with skills dispositions tastes routines like what is second nature to you in your organization uh so when i was working with uh, corporate leaders you know they would tell me that we have learned to distrust each other and it's it's maturity it's wisdom you'd be foolish to, to be vulnerable with your with your teammates or with your with your employees because everyone's out to to climb the ladder and they'll stab you in the back right so you you learn over time here's how I have to conduct myself in this and it's like uh, it's like learning to to juggle or, or play soccer or something you get a feel for okay here's the field you know when you start out you're a bit of a newbie you're looking for who's su- yeah. successful and then you see well what are they doing this person's constantly uh, telling his manager, oh, look at this great thing that I did. Look at my accomplishments. You're signaling, oh, look, here, I'm achieving and these other people are not. Then I should start doing that. Right. So that becomes second nature. So habits are, 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 are you know, they're, they're vices, they're virtues. You know, it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's our taste. But it's also organizational rituals. So, like, what kinds of practices do you do regularly in an organization? So you have a you know, Monday morning meeting and is that uh, a really draining experience where everybody starts the week going, Oh no, not again <laughs> right <laughs> or is it a space where people can actually feel energized, right? Yeah. So those so there's there's individual practices but also organizational practices. Uh, and those habits, those those routines, those rituals, um, they they start to shape our, our essentially our dispositions, right? yeah. you know like how we you know, you can you can think of organizations where you go in and you start to feel, oh, you know, that sense of oppression. Yeah. Or you can go in and feel excited yeah. and energized. And, yeah. and it's it's those habits that shape all of that. Yeah.
0: And again, it mm-hmm. pl- plays right into one's own spirituality, too. Yeah. You know, you have to be aware of what your uh, the organizational culture of which you're a part. Yeah. You mentioned this, uh, this study that was being done uh, on priests. Yeah. Uh, one, one problem that showed up was uh, this lack of trust mm. between priests and bishops. Um, does it show up between priests and a laity, or priests mm. and congregation?
1: Not so much. We didn't ask so much about that. In fact, the pri- priests largely feel very supported by members of their congregation. Okay. Yeah. On okay. the whole, they, they really feel. Um, you know, they they do say, okay, look, people complain about me to the bishop. You know, but that's that's not as as common. People do mostly feel supported. Yeah.
0: Mm. Brendan, thanks so much. Yeah. Great Great being being you. with you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Likewise. Uh,
0: you have a book coming out on this? Not yet. Okay. Next year. Well, next year we'll talk about it. Yeah, all right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Brendan Vaidynathan with me, again, Associate Professor and Chair of the Department of Sociology at Catholic University of America.